Hello, welcome to Bayhem, the Talk Film Society Michael Bay Retrospective Podcast. I'm your co-host, Marcelo Pico, and with me, as always, for this podcast is Mike Schindler. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. And, of course, also, Diego Crespo. Hello. I, I'm i just so excited we're here. We're, we're finally here. We did it, guys. This is it. <laughs> this is the episode we've all been waiting for. This is the movie we've all been waiting for. We're here to talk six underground. Oh, man. I mean, remember when we first started this? It seems like a year ago. <laughs> we were like, oh, my gosh. We're doing this leading up to a new Michael Bay movie. We didn't even know when it was coming out. We thought maybe in the summer. Then we heard nothing for months. And then finally a date announcement, a trailer, and now we're here. Oh my gosh, we've all seen it now, and we're here to talk about it. If you listen to this on the Patreon, when it comes out, uh, it's, it's all dropping on Netflix, like, like Netflix style, right? So you can jump around. Maybe this is the first episode you're listening to. Who knows? But yeah, <laughs> I think we've, we've, we've been excited since the first episode. I sure as hell was excited when I got an invite to see this uh, a few days early in a theater, for God's sakes. Well, uh, I know two out of three of us saw this in a theater, right? Yeah. 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 Diego. <laughs> oh, but I'm they sorry. were playing it in LA. You had the chance. <laughs> no, that's all no, your. That's I, all on I, you. I wasn't. I wasn't able to to make the show times, unfortunately. Well, you still have a shot. It's still playing. You can still do this. Okay, I, I, I'm because I am down to shell out twenty five dollars or whatever the fuck <laughs> to go watch this in a the theater. That's that's my quick take. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. it's currently yeah it's currently playing as of this recording at uh, uh, IPIC theaters nationwide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went to the IPIC theater for the first time this past week and saw this at a, 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 a and what the email said a press screening slash tastemaker screening. <laughs> Oh, it was one of those. Yeah, which I had never been to. <laughs> and what, I mean, I guess, okay, let's jump into it. Well, well quickly, I'll say Sex Underground. Hey, it's the new Michael Bay movie. It's on Netflix now. It dropped uh, Friday the 13th, <laughs> um, December 13th, uh, 2019. Although it dropped a few days early in theaters at the IPIX. I think it dropped on Wednesday night, right, Mike? Yeah, apparently. I didn't find that out until late, but... Yeah, but uh, yeah, so a, a lucky few people got to see it uh, in, in a theater a few days before it dropped on Netflix. And by um, few, uh, you're not kidding. <laughs> 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 um, okay, let, okay, I guess we'll talk about our first time watching this. Let's, let's go around, like we always do. I'm not going to ask, when's the first time you saw this, because I... That or like or how do you feel about watching it now? Because this is your first time watching it, obviously. Unless like you guys have seen it twice already. <laughs> and, oh, uh, <laughs> Dago has. <laughs> I have now watched it four times. What? Seriously? Four times. <laughs> okay, well, technically, like one and a half, two, because I just had it on the background, but. I have pressed play from beginning to end four times. <laughs> well, I'm going to get to you in a second, Diego. I'm, I, but I think I always go to Mike first. Mike, okay. Yeah. You've, you've seen it once, right? Well, I, I, I guess maybe you could say twice, technically once, but I, I counted as twice because while I was uh, editing our um, Transformers 
Age of Extinction episode, I was I had it on in the background with no sound. Ah, okay, gotcha, yeah. And I uh, came home last night after work and watched about half of it that had to go Mm -hmm. um, on my 4K TV and Dolby Vision. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, okay, talk about your first time watching this, Mike, which was like, what, like three days ago? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was Thursday night um, because I, I, I discovered that, you know, that it was playing on, you know, on Friday, because I assumed that was the day that it was coming out, and then I, I discovered that there were actually shows on Wednesday and Thursday. So I had to work on Wednesday night, but I was able to get tickets for Thursday night barely because oh my god, so many people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you joke. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so my wife and I went to see it on uh, Thursday night. And as the first time I had ever been to an IPIC theater, that was an interesting experience. But yeah, I, I cannot believe that I've seen this movie on the big screen. I never thought it was going to happen. I really didn't. I'm so, so happy. Uh, I mean, I was saying earlier, I was so excited when I got that uh, invite. Not to rub it in your face, Diego. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you've seen it more than me, though. You've seen it more than uh, uh, both of us combined, me and Mike. <laughs> you've seen it four <laughs> times. Talk about the first time you saw this and also the subsequent times you've seen, <laughs> you've seen this. Um, I'm usually like pretty against like live-tweeting first viewings. Uh, of movies i just think generally like unless it's like a group setting and we're like you know we're gonna watch something like blood rage which is a great little slasher film you know, like that's a fun thing to like kind of chew popcorn with and crack open a beer with friends um and so i thought like maybe this will be like a transformers the last night situation for me where i try to just like keep up with the film and like journal it because that's like basically not a real film <laughs> And so I was like, maybe I'll try to do that with Six Underground. And within 15 minutes, just the utter depravity and, like, lack of care for the human body. I, I even tweeted out, like, Mother of God. And I was just like, there's no way I can keep up with anything. So I'm just going to put my phone down and go along for the ride. And uh, I just I, – I didn't know the human body could could move like that. Uh, or be tossed around like that. And like, yeah, I know a lot of those are ragdolls, but also, unless these are significantly enhanced by CG, which I'm sure some scenes are, but like, um, there are some close calls happening in the frame <laughs> that uh, I'm not always sure was intentional, which I guess we could <laughs> get into later. But uh, this is the most movie of 2019, and it is also ugly. And despicable, and I cannot recommend it to anybody but the, uh, the disciples of Michael Bay. Uh, any mm-hmm. sane human being will rightfully reject what is playing in front of them. <laughs> Which, <laughs> but we yeah, are the, not that. No, exactly. Um, and I had, I had, I have to keep that in mind because, um, uh, of course, and I, I have to talk about this. The discourse, right, has been, you know, it's been around since, you know, the, the, the dark beginnings of, of Twitter, right? And film Twitter especially. <laughs> but this past year has been especially draining because now that Netflix has gotten, you know, these relatively bigger films like uh, Irishman and Marriage Story, 
I have seen more and more memes <laughs> coming out and more like reactions, overreactions, hot takes surrounding all these movies. So it was weird that not weird. I guess I should have expected it to happen with six underground um, because this morning, this Saturday morning I log in. Of course I'm at work, so I'm bored. <laughs> and man, do those hot takes or those, do those six underground hot takes. They just came fast and furious. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, Oh God damn it. So I, 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 I kept to myself. I'm, I, I tweeted positive things about this movie. Cause I, Dare I say I love this movie? Okay, quickly, I, I'll talk about the Tastemaker screening. I guess I get press invites to, you know, movies here in Austin because I guess I'm that type of person, a critic or whatever. So, you're, so you're not, not a tastemaker? Uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would consider myself not a tastemaker. Well, Mike, I don't even know what a tastemaker is. Like, who, who, who gets to go to these? Mike? These would be, like, the people who are on... Tw- I mean, like, if you want to take it to an extreme, it would be, like, Kim Kardashian, right? But they're, like, the people who are on Twitter who are, like... Six Underground is amazing. You should totally watch it on Netflix. Click this link and you can stream it here and sign up for, you know, that's that's who it is, right? Wow. I, and I and mean, there, there's varying degrees of that, but yeah, it's it's a thing. I, I, I didn't see any, I didn't see Robert Rodriguez or anybody of that caliber at this screening in no, Austin. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's like, this is like what they do. Like, they literally like go on Twitter and say oh. like, watch this movie. Wait a second. Wait, or, and they're just nobodies? I mean, there's somebody online. They're Twitter famous. Oh, okay. Twitter. Okay, that's what. Okay, that's that, that. That's what I wanted to hear. Twitter famous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I I actually thought you meant like a real celebrity. No, Twitter famous. Okay. No. No. Um, but I'm I'm on the press side. There were two screenings at that night. There's a, there was a press uh, screen and a tastemaker screen. I assume. Oh. So I was in the I was in the press theater. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was my first time going to an IPIC, and I was caught off guard by there being a pillow and a blanket there <laughs> on my seat. Oh, so you got into you you got to sit in the rich people section. Uh, I didn't know there was one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is. Um, That's the rich people section. The poor people section is in the front where they have like essentially their recliners that don't recline. And, uh, see, and instead of being able to order your food at your seat, you've got to go up to the bar and buy your food. Ah, uh, wow. See, uh, I, think, I think the theater I was in uh, is different from the theater you were in, Mike. I don't know how they do things at the IPIX in Chicago, but I know here – all the seats in this theater, I think in the other screens, I'm not sure, but in this in this particular theater, all of them were rich people seats. Oh, there no, weren't no, any. There no were there were no cheap allowed. seats. No, yes, poor no, poor, no, no, exactly. But get out of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. To, to put it into perspective, um, the the poor people seats are sixteen dollars a ticket. The rich people seats are twenty five dollars a ticket. So yeah, um, I think over here is upwards of like thirty some odd dollars, yeah. and I'm like, I love Michael Bay, I love you, <laughs> but I'm, I am, I don't know. Uh, if maybe okay, if I didn't get into that tastemaker slash press screening, maybe I would have. <laughs> I'm, cr- I'm that crazy, but man. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I totally well. I mean, I did. I, I yeah, said you did. But well, well, you, you I, sat, I sat in the, in the poor people's. Yeah, but <laughs> but to be fair, like that's where I would want to sit anyway because the, the the fancy seats are always in the back of the theater. 
Who wants yeah. to sit in the back of the theater? Exactly. I want to sit in the front of the theater. I want to be immersed in <laughs> yes. Michael Bay. You know what I mean? It's like it's like that scene in that movie, was it uh, The Dreamers, right? Where, is it Eva Green's like, I want to sit in the front. I want to be the first person to absorb the greatness of this movie. I need to see that movie. I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen that. I missed that one. It so- sounds great, though. It's pretty good. Anyway, what was I saying? Okay, yeah. I, of course I was excited for this. But yeah, um, I guess I was just caught in my own bubble of like, this movie's amazing, this movie's amazing. And then, yes, to Diego's point, I, I this may be just for Michael Bay fans, real people. <laughs> they, at, at least like from some of the tweets I've seen, are, are <laughs> they're not taking this very well. <laughs> well, well uh, let's go, let's go back to, to the screening there. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so so you go to a number of press screenings, so you kind of know who's who and the critics. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a decent sized crowd? Was it minimal? Yeah. Who no. showed up? I mean, you don't have to name names, but was it like mainstream press? Was it bloggers? Like, what was what was the deal? Well, I um. Yes, mainstream. Well, for us, it's Austin. So I saw people from like the Austin Chronicle, from I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to name names, but I think like some slash film people were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so decent. A de- like, I guess the usual suspects of like press screening people. Okay, they didn't all show up. This wasn't Richard Jewell, which I I also attended this past week. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, but the, some of the usual suspects were there, um, and there were plenty of tastemakers. It was like, and it was a mess because uh, like they're like, okay, oh, it's a uh, seven thirty already. Um, okay, theater two. That's where all the press goes. Go over there, <laughs> and we and we all run to the to to theater two, and there's already a line there, and people are shouting, "Is this press? Is this press line? Is this press?" And then people were just walking into the theater, not giving a shit. It was it was a disaster. I'm lucky I got like a decent enough seat in there. Anyway, sat down, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. That's the point I was trying to make the last ten minutes. No, I was tweeting. I was tweeting out. I was tweeting out that night. I'm like, this is the this is the craziest press screening I've ever been to. Appropriate. This is like the most like chaotic. I don't know. Like, I guess it fit with the movie because I was full of energy. And they also, it was Netflix, so they gave us a, a free uh, a drink ticket. So I, I had a drink while watching the movie. And it's funny that that happened the same week that that news happened that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, Netflix was flying all these critics to like these premieres or whatever. Anyway, I'm part of the problem is what I'm saying. <laughs> Netflix paid me off <laughs> with, the, with their one beer. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I love the thing. I was in awe. Guys, let's just jump into the movie. All right. That those first 15 minutes. I seriously thought, am I going to have to put this in my top ten or next to The Irishman uh, <laughs> and Hustlers <laughs> and The Farewell? Like, put it right there, right in the top ten. Because I was just like, God damn, this is what this is what I wanted. You know, it's like like Diego was saying, it's 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 evil, it's vile. People are dying in in horrendous ways. It's cut so kinetically. Um, it's not like incomprehensible. It's not. It it, it 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 almost is. But oh god, it was just. It just. It was. It was an attack. It was an attack on me, and I loved it. Okay, those first. Those first fifteen. That car chase through Florence, Italy. 
That was, I was in. That was like 20 minutes. I timed it out. That was, that, that was longer than 15 minutes. That was 20 oh my minutes. God. So tw- Good that, Lord. That 20 minutes. <laughs> why? Why is it that long? And why don't I care? <laughs> I know, it needs to be that long. It just it needs to be that long because it's know, amazing. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, but it definitely is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just lost in, in a sense of like, I, 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 that could have been the whole movie. If that was if that was the whole movie, I'd be, I would have been fine because I, I was fine just being just my mind and my my body and soul were just being stamp like trampe- I can't even form words. I was just <laughs> ripped apart. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Michael Bay. So yeah, uh, yeah. What is even the plot? Okay, of this movie? Because <laughs> I guess I, I do mention the plot right sometimes on, on this show. Um, so the plot is a billionaire played by Ryan Gosling. Uh, he has this idea to overthrow a government of some made-up country. So he forms a team of people with various skills. The end. That's a, that's the plot. Anyway, <laughs> where do we jump in? Well, that, that, that car chase. Let's talk more about that car chase, okay? Uh, uh, Diego, your thoughts on that first twenty-minute, as Mike timed it, uh, car chase through Florence, Italy. I think the body count of the innocent people is like significantly <laughs> higher than the body count of like the villain henchman, which oh I just God. think is a thing of beauty. I do not endorse it for all movies, but when Michael Bay is like clearly like cackling behind the camera as he's endangering men, women, and children of all ages, I get a kick out of it. And there's a shot close-up of uh, a group of nuns flipping off the camera uh, after they're almost run over by Dave Franco in a, in a, in a lime green car that is gorgeous and beautiful. And um, basically, I knew I, I loved the movie. It was love at first sight when the, the moment it starts, mid-chase sequence, car shootout, uh, open surgery in the back seat. I, I knew I, I was in love. I knew that was it, and uh, the rest of the film did not disappoint. <laughs> if if you were going in for a Michael Bay experience, there there are problems. This might shock some people uh, for it as like a feature film, and in terms of like characters and writing and, and pacing, uh, there are definitely things to talk about here. But as a Michael Bay experience, this is it. This is this is his, his film of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> um. I have to think about that one. That that's a bold statement for me. His film of the decade, uh, but I will say, you know, not, not to not to ruin things, but uh, no, this is not going to make my top ten list. Um, as Aww. much as I loved those first twenty minutes, um, yes, there are some issues I have with this, which I'll talk about later. Uh, but yeah, let's keep talking about this opening uh, sequence, Mike. Okay, uh, I mean, we're just thrown into this car chase. I'll say uh, the thing I loved immediately is uh after that ryan gosling like oh yeah i'm i'm a ghost we're all dead then it jumps to that car chase you see those flashes it's like one of my my favorite moments in the film those flashes of just like a a quick cut to like an eyeball a quick cut to like uh dave franco's face and then you know tires you know pedal to the metal and then just hear sounds oh i loved it i loved all that You're, you're, you're killing me, Michael Bay. This is amazing. How did you feel about this entire opening 20-minute car chase, Mike? Uh, 
I, I loved it. I, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was some of the most insane action I've ever seen and one of the best sequences in any movie I've seen this year. You know, I mean, it is everything that you want from a Michael Bay movie. And I, I don't know, like, I guess I kind of understand what you guys are saying about it being you know, like, I don't know, morally suspect or something like that. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, like, like I mean, I think that's true of other Michael Bay movies, for sure. I don't necessarily agree with that here because it doesn't seem to be cruel in any real way. Uh. I, I, to me, it's much more kind of like tongue-in-cheek. It's much more sort of like Roadrunner blowing up Wiley Coyote with a stick of dynamite kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, th- there's, there's like one shot in there where they're like swinging a car around in slow motion and they're like, Oh no, you're going to hit the baby. And then they don't hit the baby. And then they're like puppies. And then you see like two dogs, like running away <laughs> from, from this car. And that's when I was like, okay, this is the best movie ever. And <laughs> I don't know, like, I, like we, I came out of the movie and, my wife, who was with me, she watched the movie. She's like, you really like that? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And she's like, I know, because every time I looked over at you, you had, like, the biggest smile on your face. <laughs> I have never seen you smile this much in my entire life. And I'm like, well, I guess it makes sense. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Now, I do think it does have problems, right? But, I mean, like, you guys are saying, like, oh, you know, could this be up there with The Irishman or whatever other movies are on your top ten? I mean, I definitely think it could be. I think that it was better than a number of those movies that you mentioned, Marcelo. And uh, I don't know I don't know whether or not it will make my top ten list because I don't know whether or not it counts as, like, a theatrical thing. We'll, we'll find out. Oh, yeah. But, I, I, I can't believe... We, 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 we've had this conversation on Soderbergh 2828, yeah. Mike, and I, I can't believe we're talking about it now, too. Um, it, it, it is, it, it, you saw it in a theater, Mike. You saw I, it in a theater. I did see it in a theater, but does that count? I don't know. It counts, yes. I'm yelling at you right now. Uh, I mean, I'm a theater guy, you know, whatever. It's like, I, it's, it's, you know. Oh, this has this is currently in. I can go out right now, leave this, leave this recording, go out and buy a ticket. At an iPick, pay forty bucks, whatever, <laughs> and sit down and watch it in a theater. And you're telling me it's not a theatrically, it's not a theatrical, theatrically released movie. It wouldn't count under your, you know, uh, it, uh, it, conditions. Does it, does it count under Academy definitions? I think it probably will. I think it hits all the criteria, and I think okay, I think okay. it probably will. And if Six it does, underground then, best picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be number one on my list, but it could be. I mean, like right now, I can think of like. Six, like, I know my top six. I don't know anything beyond that, but I can tell you my top six, and it's it's in the top six. So there you go, guys. Uh, um, for, those, for those who missed it, I just want to, I just want to make it clear. I'm, I'm, I was kind of yelling, well, not seriously yelling at Mike. Um, That's okay. I was, for, for a reason, because we were talking about how, for Mike, High Flying Bird wouldn't count 
you know, under, I guess, movie, best of the list movie terms for Mike, right? And I'm like, it's a, it's, it's a movie. My, mm-hmm. High Flying Bird is a movie. But yeah. So wait, where do you draw again, the line? I mean, is, is the last episode of Game of Thrones a movie? No, I mean, it was an hour and 20 minutes long. I bet you uh, played in some theater somewhere. I mean, other episodes of the show did. What about those other episodes? Do they count as uh, movies? No, I don't know. Of course not. So why not? Why not? I mean, uh, does El Camino count as a movie? Does I would say yes. Yeah, to El Camino and to some episodes of Game of Thrones, just because I like oh, I like I, I like ruffling feathers when I put them in my best of the year lists. Yeah. So like Twin Peaks was like my number one of 2017. I was gonna say I'm sure yeah. Twin Peaks is your yeah yeah. People yeah. Are there, <laughs> I, exactly. I, I just I, I just, uh, I just I, said the other day on Twitter, you know. Twin Peaks is a movie. Is the uh, Galaxy Quest is a Star Trek movie of film Twitter? So, oh wow, that's perfect. <laughs> I, I I purposefully did not bring up Twin Peaks. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad Diego did that. All right, um, well, because yeah. I would not consider it a movie. But I I've said before, hey, it's your list. You do do you do whatever you want. Yeah, so yeah. Um, but we we each are each have our own definitions. And for me, like if it's classified as a movie and not like episodic television there you go although i will say this the season finale of nathan for you i count that as a movie because it's like feature length and a play in a theater and earl morris said it's a great documentary so whatever it's uh, fuck me um anyway um sex underground okay Let's keep praising this. Um, oh, 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 and, and let me jump back. I want to talk about uh, what what Mike was saying about the civilian casualties. Like, I were there any I, civilian I, casualties? I don't remember I, any yeah. civilian casualties. Oh, oh, oh Dave, no. Dave Franco Mike, ran, runs over somebody, <laughs> and I'm sure they're dead or I don't know. Seriously no, injured? I, I think I think they were alive. You know, I, I think oh. that person survived because I think you get the. I mean, and this is something which I never thought about because I was 15 years old until hearing it on the commentary. But Martin Campbell talking about Goldeneye and how you know they have a tank driving through a city, and he's like no. Nobody dies. Like the tank, like runs over a car, and then you have to show the people get out of the car because if someone dies, it's no longer fun, right? And I'm like, that's interesting. Like I didn't think about that. Like you know, on a psychological level or whatever. But like all, all that Michael Bay does is he doesn't cut to the shot of the people getting out of the car. Aside from that, it's the same deal. So, and it's supposed to be for, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe this is some sort of like apologist thing. I don't know, but they're not, I mean, it's, well, it's a ridiculous movie, which is not trying to say anything about like the value of human life. It's just supposed to say like, isn't this crazy in the same way that a cartoon does. And I think that that's not a a problem. I don't know. no, I, I think that, it's a benefit here, but uh, go, go ahead, because I'm going to go on like a tangent when I get the chance. No, no I, 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 I was also going to go on a tangent. Well, I guess not really a tangent, just like uh, I, I think it's actually a benefit that it's so reckless with human life and the shapes that people's bodies turn into in this when they're significantly injured or deformed. Like a man's head explodes <laughs> and we get a close-up on the, the aftermath. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing of beauty, I think. You know, it's like a... It, it, or, this is going to be weird, but um, it reminds me of like the work of Terrence Malick, where someone like will go to like his 
his post two thousands films, you know, like the much more free flowing, basically surreal, heavenly movies that don't they're not that well like structured, quote unquote, and like if you like went to film school, you would probably be told like if you do that, you're doing it wrong, and like that's not how movies work. Movies are not they don't fit in a box, you know. And I think that this movie, Michael Bay, is so clearly not interested in the script, which is probably the biggest problem I have with it. And also, its greatest benefit because it's just an excuse for him to be like, "Here's everything I've ever wanted to do, and then some." And we get these incredible Tony Scott-like uh, impressionist images. Um, there's even some like, is there like like some some weird like. Uh, bit when the Corey Hawkins character is being introduced and like welcome to the team it's like a, a bit out of domino with like his face like starting to spread across the screen and like multiple images yeah. and it's just Michael Bay going hog wild with 150 million dollars and it looks like it costs 300 million dollars it's what movies should be just completely free from any restraint whatsoever you 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 put your faith in a legitimate madman behind the camera and all these people believed in him enough to let him do it. So I think that's pretty fucking great. <laughs> and, and my point about the civilian casualties, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to say deaths because I don't see any really people. Well, not from the good guys anyway. The bad guys for sure kill innocent people. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that, oh, yeah, that's because, you know, I mean, they're supposed to, I mean, that's showing yeah, how yeah. evil they are, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but at least they address it, you know, in moments like, hey, if you run over somebody again, uh, I forget the line, but, but she, she, you know. She's the, like, I'm getting out of the car or something. I'm getting out of the car, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also Dave Franco, spoiler alert. He dies, so at least his reckless regard for human, uh, for for humanity is like dealt with in that fashion. Although I when Brian, I really think that was, yeah, like, like if that's what he's going for, then that's offensive. But whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Dave Franco is a bit too wild, so he deserved to die. <laughs> because <laughs> uh. I don't necessarily agree with Ryan Reynolds saying Dave Franco was a good guy <laughs> it, it seemed like he, he he was having too much fun driving over people anyway then I forget the other point I was going to make uh, Jesus this movie um, yeah uh, where else can we go okay the narrative that's right Oh, I, I swear I came out of it thinking Michael Bay is going to be the first you know, big blockbuster director to make a movie that has just no narrative. That's just nothing but action. That has absolutely no story. Because that's what he wants to make. Like, he he really... Oh, I guess the Transformers movies were close to that. <laughs> the Last but, Night is basically that. <laughs> uh, but he just... He does not give a shit about story. Uh, that, that's that's my feeling. And that's my frustration with this, with this movie. Can, can I jump in there for a second? Because yeah. that is... Uh, like... As a viewer, I've been hoping that someone would do that ever since uh, uh, listening to another freaking commentary, John McTiernan, on some movie, I forget what it was, talk about um, the idea of film being a much more abstract art form in general, uh, someone coming along like Mozart and making a piece of abstract art with no story that still has 
this emotional resonance or something that will, you know, change the world or whatever. And how like movies need to sort of like divorce themselves from just telling stories to become something more. And I've always thought that that was a fascinating idea and that someday someone would do that probably as an action movie. And I've been looking for that forever. And, you know, like the closest thing that I've found to it, I think up until now, maybe, I don't know, is, uh, well, replacement killer. Well, I don't know. There's been some in recent years. I mean, you could almost say like Mad Max Fury Road gets into that area or whatever, but I've always been looking for that. And this came close to that, right? It really did. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think that's what I I love about it. It's like, and, and maybe that's why I'm not like offended by the, uh, lack of regard for human life in this movie, because I don't really see it as anything other than, like abstract art, right? I don't see it as them talking about like these people getting killed or whatever. I see like more than anything, like the the technical aspects of it. Like I'm like, that's amazing how that object was moving at 90 miles an hour and now it's not moving <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, <I don't- laughs> <laughs> like, like, there's just something about that which is like, oh my god, that was so well done. How do they do that? You know, I don't know. Does that? I, I'm rambling. I, I'm no, no, sorry. no. I, I'm no, right yeah, there yeah. with you, actually. I, and, I think. And, uh, yeah. and, and you brought. Sorry, you brought up Domino. Like Domino does that more than anything else. But and 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 also, by the way, same editor as Domino. And um, anyway, yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful! I, <clears throat> beautiful. We're full circle. I. <laughs> I I I'm, I'm rewatching the movie now in the background on mute. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 watching that scene when uh, Seven is introduced, right, and his backstory. Uh, I think you mentioned it earlier, Diego. But yeah, there's there are moments when like the screen like splits, and there are several like seems like I guess for lack of a better word, like like several frames at once split out, and I'm like, God damn, that's Tony Scott. That's yeah. that's that's like Tony Scott. During Domino, during Man on Fire, and I, I, I'm in love with that. You know, I, I want to see more of that uh, uh, filmmaking, right? Just bonkers, like, you know, crazy cuts, these weird editorial tricks. And I didn't make that connection, Mike, that uh, it's the same editor until like earlier today. I'm like, I tweeted it out, I'm like, yeah, this feels like Tony Scott. Then I was like, hmm, I wonder who edited this. And boom, it was like the usual suspects just found out, oh my God, you know, same direct, same <laughs> editor as Domino worked on this. Oh, God. And, I love it. And I mean, what you're talking, because like I did the same thing earlier today. I watched the movie without any volume. I, I was literally, I was just like listening to us talk about um, Age of Extinction while watching this thing on the screen. And there's something to that. There's something to that. Like Soderbergh, you know, like he he did that with like freaking Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's like, I I want people to examine nothing but the editing of this movie. So I turn it in black and white and put the soundtrack for the social network behind it just so that all you're doing is watching like the edit. And uh, there's something to that concept right like don't get involved in the story or whatever and you're just seeing what's the 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 images as they're being presented to you in this sort of like rapid succession and when you look at that it's just like my god it's even more impressive than than watching it you know the first time i don't know yeah this one more than any of his other films i think he 
is only interested in like visuals, and that's that, that's saying something. You know, where this is the, what the fourteenth movie, <laughs> and he just has a total disregard for narrative, and he's like, I just want to see shit explode, and I am going to cut to the chase. So much so that the plot will be sacrificed and there'll be very little of it. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm like, on one hand, my monkey brain is like, uh, this is frustrating because I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know when we are or why things are happening. But on the other, uh, my other brain, my other side of the brain is like, I like magnets and that was cool. <laughs> uh, that th- those, I want those knives to cut into that man. Oh, they did. Awesome. <laughs> so yes. So yes, it, it's a struggle in my brain of, of, you know, what a movie should be and what Michael Bay presents it as. It's just like a continuous rollout of like money shot after money shot. And like, you know, that's, that's not the most exciting take. Cause I think everyone kind of knows that's Bay's like forte. Uh, but, like, I, I'm also watching it on silence in the background, and I am at the part where uh, two and four just hooked up for the first time. It was four, yeah. right? He, yeah. The one from Magnificent uh, Seven. Was it? Five? Uh, three? I, th- I can't. I, I, no, it's I don't. four. Yeah, five, <laughs> four? five was the doctor. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Look, I again, you don't watch this for the characters. But, um, <laughs> like, just, like, the emotions of the scenes where it's just, like, aggressively violent, and they're almost kind of, like turned on by it like you could follow the emotion of it it's just like weird because it's not like human (laughs) they're like (laughs) they murder people in the most horrific ways they're bad people and they they deserve to die but it's also like this white liberal fantasy of like oh we're gonna go save the world and it's kind of like if the avengers movies were like politically honest or it's like yeah this is probably wrong and a lot of innocent people are gonna die but here it is and uh i i, I don't know I, I i get it like there's some interesting stuff there like it's it's goofier but like they have their disguises on right and like they take them off and they finally reveal themselves and that's how they can be together by being their true selves that's like an interesting idea and then that's like the furthest it goes until the ending again which i'm totally cool with all I'm saying is that it's it's easy to track the emotions of the scenes in this movie. The emotions are just everything all at once. I mean, on the face of it, it is trying to say something, right? About evil and you know, good guys you know, try triumphing over evil, right? The overthrowing an evil dictator. And I'm like, I f- I felt the emotion. Although I don't necessarily agree with the politics, you know, of like this billionaire overthrowing a government, but I know those emotional beats that they have in there. I'm like, I I get them. It has a heart, <laughs> you know, maybe not a fully fleshed out one, but I'm like, I I understand character motivations, especially at the end when like they become like a a family, I guess. So there are moments when like I was touched, you know, even though. I still think it's like a, at times, um, you know, and I love it. It's, it's <laughs> okay. It, th- this takes me back to seeing the, the extended edition of Pearl Harbor. Okay. Um, and, and I made those points about, uh, Michael Bay, you know, <laughs> re- re- recreating these war scenes with like insane amounts of gore, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, decapitated heads flying around. And that, 
I'm like, yeah, <laughs> maybe not so good. But this I was fine with because yes, there's a de- there's a t- there's a detachment. It's more like this is not based on true events. Obviously, you know, this is a fake world, a fake country, and all this you know, is not real. Um, so there's that detachment. But I don't know because I felt like there was enough there. The, the Ryan Reynolds stuff, the flashback where. The, the the people in this country get like gas rights and he's there i thought that was actually an a touching uh emotionally driven sequence so i'm like yeah i i get it he he's capable of it i know from seeing 13 hours and there's enough of it here to carry me through so i was not completely like this is just a you know big cartoon farce like there's something there okay I felt it. <laughs> there, there, there is there is something there, but I think it's I don't know. I I think it's well I don't know I don't know. <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> I, I, I do have one question. This is something which I just thought of, and I, I don't know what the answer to this or whatever. But you know, I mean, this is from the writers of Deadpool and everything. And Deadpool is a movie kind of like this in that you know there is a pretty high, gruesome, and creative body count, right? Do, do you guys see what? they were doing in Deadpool as any different from what they were doing here? Uh, I'll say real, I'll say that um, I did not really enjoy the Deadpool movies. It was maybe too cutesy for me. And I think there's enough. Uh, what am I trying to say? This is a better movie than the, other, than the Deadpool movies, I think because I, I said earlier, this is not, based on real things. I think it has more weight to it than the cutesy fourth wall breaking antics of, of Deadpool. And I actually like Ryan Reynolds here better better than maybe I've ever seen him. What, what else have I seen him in? No, I think this may be my favorite Ryan Reynolds performance. And, Green Lantern. Um, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, he was also in the hit film Hobbs and Shaw. Which people oh, seem God. to like. Damn it! Um, I like that movie, but I don't like him in that movie. You know what? You know, I okay, and uh, and I'll stop talking after saying this in Casa <laughs> Diego. But Ryan Reynolds in this, for it works. I I don't know if it's because it's Michael Bay and like he tunes into Michael Bay's humor, but I do not. I I don't mind Ryan Reynolds in this at all. I think it works. So I want them to work again. I want them to make seven underground, eight underground. It's a good pairing. So I guess to answer your question, Mike, like overall, I did not have a problem with the antics and the violence and whatever uh, in regards to like human life or, 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 you know, social commentary, whatever. I prefer this over the Deadpools. So that's my answer. Okay. Diego, what about you? I also vastly prefer this to anything uh, Reese and Wernick have ever been a part of. I, I do not hate the Deadpool movies, but I never need to watch them again. And Ryan Reynolds, I think, is a little silly that he keeps dunking on Green Lantern. And I'm like, bro, I've seen the last like five movies you've done. Cool it. Like you, You've done worse movies in like, the last three years. This is... Like maybe his his best film outside of like Buried, which is a great showcase of like what he's oh, capable okay. of as an actor. You know, I forgot about that. That's that's yeah. my favorite. But this is a close second. This this is he he's totally tuned into what Bay is doing. I think people like him, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Anthony Mackie can I think is a little more dynamic than all those actors. Not saying he's better, but he he stands out from that. Um, but they all like I I, I don't know why they work with other people besides Michael Bay. <laughs> Like they, they've all done great work outside of his stuff, but 
they just totally fit together. The heightened, overreactive comedy action, occasional slapstick nonsense that's in here. Like, it all just, they feel like they belong together, you know? And the, the violence, I guess, comparatively, for, for Deadpool to, to Six Underground, I, I think Deadpool kind of is definitely too cutesy and definitely um, thinks it's a lot nicer than it is or, def- or it thinks it's funnier than it is because I, I do yeah. not particularly think the writers of Deadpool are that clever. Um, but I will say I think the first Deadpool is very clever in how it's structured where it's like they clearly had only the budget to do two action scenes and so they stretched that second action scene – I mean the first action scene into like <laughs> – the first hour of the film with flashbacks. Like that was very impressive to me. And six underground kind of does a similar thing, except they had all the money (laughs) to do all the action all the time. So (laughs) that was, that was neat to see that kind of come back here in a bigger way. Ryan Reynolds. I, I I do. I was kind of talking smack right now, but I like him a lot in this. And uh, even though he basically just plays Deadpool again, I, I, I really think he, he's, just totally right for working with Michael Bay. And I'd love to see him do Deadpool three. If that ever happens, it won't because it's now belongs to Disney and they'll mm. never hire a it's, maniac it's, like Michael Bay. Well, yeah, they may not hire a maniac like Michael Bay, but I think there will be a Deadpool three. Oh, I, I think so too. And then he'll get to make a joke about how Spider-Man almost left the MCU and everyone will be like, ha I know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe it's cause we've done, this series and like i've just gotten used to michael bay's humor but like none of the uh, like of course there are lines like oh she squirted and talk about the you know uh blood pouring out of somebody or what what other lines are there there's some bad lines but i'm like i forgot used to about it by that now. one yeah or, or, oh my yeah, god and the, the opening sequence like uh, the, uh what's her name four four or five get shot She's squirting blood, and Dave Franco says she squirted. It's a, it, it's in your mouth. Um, yes, I get it. It's it's a it's a it's a double entendre. But I, I didn't I, pick uh, up on that at all. I guess I'm just uh, <laughs> sheltered or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to, to break your little world, Mike. Sorry. But yes, it's, uh, a, it's, okay. it's, a, it it's a it's a sex thing. Oh, okay. um, but <laughs> there's none of it made me cringe, really. Uh, some of it made me laugh that the the shirt gag where the henchman has like a bad shirt and the 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 uh, dictator's like like why are you wearing that he, the the henchman goes sorry i have bad taste that's a great line <laughs> i want to make that my profile picture my header <laughs> that's uh, it's it's good so some of it works and i can say that i can say i'm i'm happy about that because mostly Sometimes in Michael Bay movies, it does not work. <laughs> but for, I think for the most part, the humor in this, the comedy works. So. I, I think the big thing that makes it all work is just the cast. Like, they, they're they all together for, like, basically the entire film. Uh, R.I.P. Dave Franco. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> but, um, like, they also have, like, genuine chemistry, which is nice. You know, they, they play off each other well enough. And, like, I believe that they all, like, didn't hang like hate hanging out together. Yeah. Hey, just as long as we're speaking about the cast and everything, this is a big problem that I had with the movie, which I don't know, whatever. But they go back and they do flashbacks and tell the stories yeah. of every single character. Yeah. Except for number five. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. my. That's, what the hell? 
uh, again, that's going back to narrative. And like in my head, I'm like, yes, a movie is supposed to be if you set up a plot, a narrative device, right? You start it and you don't finish it. That bugs the shit out of me. That that must have been an edit, right? I guess so, and I, I yeah. want to see that deleted scene because it, it it made no sense. I when I saw this for the first time in in the theater, I had to go pee like people do because I had a drink because Netflix uh, 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 paid me off. Oh, um, God. what jerks! But <laughs> but you know, I came back and I'm like, I hope I didn't miss anything important. And I'm like, maybe I missed her flashback. Maybe maybe I missed number five flashback. So I, when this came out on Friday, I made sure to play it back. Went to the part. IP during nope nothing so I'm like what the fuck I, it I don't yeah it must have been an edit like what like Michael Bay the editors like they don't have time to ha- add in like two minutes of like or not even I don't know it's dumb it's dumb I don't like it yeah <laughs> but hey again it's going back to my point right this point of like whether you want a narrative whether you want something more free-flowing disconnected uh, i mean diego your thoughts on on that i mean did you pick up on that uh, uh i guess not but like that's because i guess i was so detached from like looking for a narrative and th- this is totally michael bay apologist in me coming out like like no this is a genuine problem that i totally missed because i was just <laughs> like all right i'm buckled up motherfuckers <laughs> uh, but no like i i i actually I don't. I, I believe that would be the writing. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was like, oh, we took it out in the edit. But um, just hearing but, Reese and Wernick talk about the writing stuff, like, like the biggest controversy about Deadpool two, apart from like you know the unfortunate son incident, was that like the plot hinges on like fridging the uh, Deadpool's love interest character, who's played by a great actress whose name I can't remember. Sorry. Um, um, uh, oh my god! See, I, I, I had it until you said you couldn't remember Morena Baccarin. Thank you. Yes, Marina Bakkerin is really talented, and uh, you know that's that's a, a way more than common. That's like it's a trope now. Yeah. Fridging characters. Yeah, when, and they, when they just no. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was just agreeing with you. I was going to say when they did that, like when that happened in the theater, like in the very first scene of the movie, I was like shocked. Like, oh my god! Like, have, have people not learned in the past what you know anyway yeah so. mm-hmm. yeah and they were like unaware that like they were like what's fridging like in an interview and i was like oh okay so not only was the movie not that great it, in my opinion that it, it comes from the talent behind the camera so yeah i I, uh, mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them you know <laughs> I, I i really do disagree with that though because i mean you got to think that when they're writing the movie whether or not they've heard of like fridging like that's one issue but to be like, we're going to do backstories for every single character and then just be like, oh, well, we forgot about her. Like, that doesn't, you know, I, I don't think mm-hmm. that that, I, I think that they wrote it and I think that they cut it out for some reason, you know? I'll, I'll be uh-huh. right, Robbie, right in the middle and say, I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I, either of those two scenarios could have played out because I could see the writers being that uh, reckless with who they think is like an important character and they're like oh we're gonna focus on only these and not you know not this other character or again i mean it's a clear narrative thing they w- would have obviously shot it. it was obviously in the script and they just cut it for time i don't know but it was it just it just irked me I mean, um and 
I and I can't remember what other movie did that where they played with like a narrative trick and then they never finished it and it bugged it was it's like it's like it's like forgetting something like trying to remember what it was it's like just irks you in the back of your head so uh, I, I, it, it bothers me anyway Mike you're gonna say something I, I, is it weird that like I mean because the reason why I, like, I normally I wouldn't have noticed that but like once I realized that that's what they were doing I was like oh I can't wait till they get to five because she seemed like the coolest character, right? Like she was yeah, like the person I, I who you'd want to hang out with, right? So I'm like, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see her backstory. And then they never do it. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, okay, guys, you know, what the hell? Are they, and this is an honest question, are they sending up a sequel? Is that? Yeah, uh, see, the next one's yeah. going to be the five story, right? Yeah. <laughs> five and- underground. <laughs> it'll be a prequel let's, let's go backwards five four three two one yeah. oh that'd be kind um, of fun yeah. yeah because like also there's another thing that kind of bugged me um but overall i mean fine but it's just something i noticed was like um they showed one uh, ryan reynolds character having like uh these tactical fighting abilities and then one of the characters goes oh where'd you learn that and we never, we never, we never know where he learned that. Uh, I'm assuming he just trained him, like himself in in these fighting techniques. But that one uh, I did catch. I was like, okay, you never, you know, you never went back to that one. But but it's the same time. Like does he, like he doesn't really like most of the time, right? Because that that was something that I was kind of paying attention to, like halfway through as well or whatever. It's like most of the time he's not doing anything, right? Like he's yeah. like trying to put like a chip in a cell phone while everybody else is you know shooting or driving or whatever like he yeah he does kill a few people right but for the most part he does kind of take a back seat to the other people on the team am i wrong yeah no No, you're you're right right. you're right um and uh, I mean, but do you see that as a problem or just something you caught on to, Mike? Like him just being on the in the background? No, I think it's I think it's great that they did that. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I I mean, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was like a good way to play it. Yeah. Um, like because he and, and when he has to do something, like when he that that whole Hong Kong sequence at the top of the building and he has to climb the cranes, like that was that was good. He had to actually, you know. Uh, be involved rather than be in the background. I, I love that stuff. And and they do show that he is kind of like. I mean, the fact that he you know faked his own death by crashing a plane. You know, and, uh, <clears throat> I I want to jump in because that's another thing. I was confused. Really, guys, you have to explain it to me. <laughs> now, did uh, were did they kill themselves before or after that first mission? <laughs> I guess like I don't know the sequencing of what happened or when they were gonna kill themselves and I I only saw what was it was it Reynolds who just killed himself did the other ones kill themselves yeah yeah it was before um, okay and I think the only other one that they show kill himself is uh, Corey Hawkins right seven yeah, seven yeah yeah just they one show him seven. like he jumps off yeah. the back of the thing yeah oh yeah yeah that yeah those two but I just, I, I just I was lost and but once the movie started rolling like half this is like maybe a uh, after the first act, I'm like, who gives a shit? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm under the assumption they kill themselves, and also, and also the fact that it was their first mission that that uh, Florence sequence. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. Like, if we can get a little critical for a second, I don't know why they were like, oh yeah, we just started. Like at first, I thought that was kind of like 
that was like a start. funny like idea. First day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like a fun idea. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna go be like the super badasses of the world and save the planet. And then they just keep fucking up, and they're like, oh, this is actually like hard. Like, why is this like a problem? Like that that would be funny, but it's like that's not the focus of the film. Uh, maybe it was more of a focus in the screenplay, and then Michael Bay was like, "Fuck that noise!" And I'm like, "Whatever you say, man. I I believe in you." And, I mean, I, I went with it, but you know, it's it, it was a, a question I had for sure. And um, then yeah. just, uh, I, I guess th- this might be a little nitpicky because I guess you could apply it to like any ensemble piece, like Ocean's Eleven or Avengers films, even just. Uh, Whenever there's like, or even like the last episode of The Mandalorian that aired prior to this coming out, actually it came out the same day, never mind, um, where there's like a heist mission on a prison, they're like, oh, we need this amount of people to fill out this many jobs, and then you watch them go through the motions on like all these set pieces, and you're like, well, you, you didn't really need all these people, but it's cool to have all these people, you know? Well, the other thing like, is, it's like, they all had their own like very specific talents, right? And then, yeah. like, Dave Franco, the driver, dies, right? And they're like, well, what do we do now? And he's like, we get a seven. So, so it's like, oh, this guy, he's going to be another super driver, right? No, he's, he's <laughs> nope. a sniper. He's really good at, like, shooting people. Well, yeah. So you don't need someone who can drive when you have someone who can shoot, right? And and um and then after that I think is it one is it Ryan Reynolds who just drives or somebody else like he like gives a shit right <laughs> it, uh, it's Ryan yeah. Reynolds and five? no uh, three yeah yeah who, who so I I you know that didn't bother me the fact that there were these roles assigned and they are essentially meaningless because the because the doctor she's also equipped with guns and can kill people so yeah like, like everyone's like just matters. really good at shooting <laughs> that's it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, I I mean, I, I say all this, I'm assuming you guys say all this, but we still dig the fuck out of this movie. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> they, no, no. Yeah, no, they, yeah. these are just like obvious like narrative hiccups, problems, whatever, but still, there's, there's literally one scene that's like 30, not even 30 seconds long, like 10 seconds long, when like seven asks one he's like oh you're gonna take down this dictator and the one goes oh yeah bad people need to go that's it (laughs) (laughs) they're they're on the plane they fly next scene let's go so i appreciate the brevity (laughs) of said frustrating narrative (laughs) okay what else can we say are are we are we near the end are we are we near closing thoughts because this this is our longest episode close it out yeah let's close it out why don't i go first I love this movie. I do. I can't wait to watch it again on Netflix. Loud. It's the best action movie of the year by far. I can't think of anything else that comes close. Honestly, I I had that thought today. I'm like, what other action movie came out that is as good as this? I can't think of one. I have um, to shut you down right the fuck now because John Wick Three came oh, John out Wick in 3. May. <laughs> like, I love this movie, but come come on, listen, come on. I think. It, it, because I forgot about John Wick 3, no. I'm going to say, this, I'm gonna say no. this is better than John Wick 3. <laughs> I'm going to say it's better than John Wick 3. I mean, I oh like John Wick God. 3 <laughs> Sorry, perfectly Diego. fine, but I, I'm going to say this is better than John Wick 3. What is happening? <laughs> this is taking a turn. We're on episode, what, 14, 15? We're, we're turning on each other at the very end. <laughs> Honestly, okay, I love John Wick, but this gives me more... Oh of my what, god! And more of like, I know, I know what I'm expecting when I walk into a John Wick movie. All right, but 
I never expected this Michael Bay movie to blow me away like it did. It's it's a Tony Scott movie uh, made by Michael Bay that is fully funded by Netflix that gives him the the permission to do whatever the fuck he wants. And in that way, yes, I got more out of this than I did John Wick 3, as much as I love John Wick 3. So that's my rationale, Diego. Sorry. (laughs) But I had... Like Mike was saying at the beginning, at the beginning of this episode, I also had a big smile on my face from beginning to end. I was in love. So yes, um, I love this thing. Sorry, Diego. Favorite action movie of the year. That's it. <laughs> That's it for me. <laughs> um, Mike, what about you? Um, I love this movie too. I mean, you know, because you you started off by saying like, oh. Twitter does not like this movie, you know, and somehow I don't know how, but I've been like shielded from that. So I know that like, you know, after having this discussion, I'm going to be rewatching this with new thoughts and maybe these things are going to bother me. Um, but aside from that, I, yes, I, I think that it is amazing and it is one of my favorite movies of the year, even if it doesn't have, you know, the depth of something like, the two popes, I do think that it is uh, you know, on par with the two popes in terms of quality. So there you go. And I can't wait for the two popes discourse to hit the internet in about a week. Can't wait for those. Can't wait for those memes. Um, Diego, what about you? Every moment of this film is a work of art. Every single frame, those gorgeous close-ups shot on those telephoto lens that Michael Bay loves so much, the rich digital color palette of its globetrotting adventures, the way the human body morphs and explodes in a variety of ways I didn't know were humanly or inhumanly possible. This, this is like Michael Bay's Terrence Malick film, I think. Just something you're supposed to like experience and feel. Maybe Black Hat's more appropriate. I don't know, but... Less confined by human structure and, and storytelling form than it is just a work of pure adrenaline and rainbow colors and, and organs splattering across the screen. I had the time of my life watching this movie, and I can't wait to watch it again and again. It's only for the, the Disciples of Bay. I, I said that in the beginning of this episode, and I truly feel that now. Like, if it's, if Bay is just not your thing, if you if you don't ride that wavelength, that's totally fine. Um, I'll never recommend this to you. But for those of us who approach every Michael Bay movie like going to your favorite band's concert, uh, this is this is it. You'll fist pump. You'll you'll cheer. You'll you'll just cheer some more. You won't you won't feel too much else actually, but you'll you'll cheer a lot, <laughs> uh, and and it'll be beautiful. So uh, yeah, six underground. It will make my best of the year list. That's that's for sure. I, I don't know about ten, but yeah, I th- this yeah. is a Diego movie. Yeah, uh, this is going to make a mention for sure, an honorable mention, honorable in the best way possible on my list. And I'm so happy. Again, I'm not going to rub it in Diego, but I'm very happy. I got to see it in the theater because look, I still got a week. I saw it's only like 15 miles yeah. away from me, so I can <laughs> do, do it. it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to dive too far into it, but I think Mike said it 
touched on this in the in the Martin Scorsese episode on the Talk from Society podcast about like how it was interesting. Scorsese did a Netflix movie, right? And we had a limited run, and now hey, hey, here we go, Michael Bay, you know, synonymous with like big budget theatrical filmmaking. Hey, he's doing a Netflix movie. My point is, it's a damn shame this did not get a full theatrical run, but I'm glad it exists. So I'm torn. Okay, rankings. Here we go. Why don't we just from bottom to top, let's go through. I'll say my fourteen. You we, then we go around and say what our fourteen is, and we go up. Okay. What's my fourteen? I have okay. I'm, not, I'm gonna spoil things. The the bottom three are Transformers movies for me, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't figure out which one I put last. Oh, because they're all similar posters. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last night. Yeah, that's my number fourteen. Uh, it's bad. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the last night and my other one, no, my 14 and 13, Age of Extinction, they're just two really bad movies I cannot tell apart. Uh, what about, what, Mike, what about, what's what's your 14? Uh, my four, I, I share your 13 and 14. 14 is last night and 13 is <laughs> Age of Extinction. There you go. Uh, Diego, what about you? Age of Extinction is number 14. <laughs> Should I give my 13 or do yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Give your 13. Pearl Harbor. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so I already said my 14, 13. I'm going to go to 12. Hey, it's another Transformers movie. It's Revenge of the Fallen. Mike, you already said you're 13, right? It's the other one, mm-hmm. The Last Night. Uh, the Age of Extinction. Oh, Age of Extinction. Sorry, interchangeable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's your 12? Uh, 12 is Pearl Harbor. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, is it Diego's turn? Diego. Uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Because, oh. oh, goodness. Yeah. That's your 12? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All those Transformers movies. Um, but, hey, my number 11, that's where Pearl Harbor comes in. <laughs> There you go, Pearl Harbor. Mike, what about you? Uh, it's Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> they're all the same. <laughs> they're, just, they're just all down at the bottom. Diego, your turn. Uh, my number 11 is Pain and Gain, and I'm sorry, everyone. What the fuck? I Come just, no, I, uh, I know, I'm sorry. He hasn't even said last night yet, so, uh, wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're, you're going to be so mad. <laughs> Okay, I'm not happy right now. Um, number 10. We're in the 10s, right? Yes. Okay, my number 10. Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's your number 10? 13 hours. What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck's going on here? I mean, you this know. Is a, this is an attack on me. I st- uh, on <laughs> one of your co-hosts on the show. Both of you have turned your back on me. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, what's your number 10, Diego? Bad Boys. What? what? Oh, the first yeah, Bad well, Boys. That's, that's this, is I, this is where I start liking them. Whoa, that is yeah, weird. Yeah. That, that is, I, I, I was sorry. not expecting that at all. That's that's pretty big. That's, um, that's insane. All right, I, let's go. This is where I start liking them, so just note that. Okay, okay, still, okay. Still. <laughs> yeah, because we all draw a line. Because for me, the line 
uh, is at number... N- n- oh, I guess I like 10. From 10 up, I like them, right? The 11 through 14, not so much. It's, it's, uh, it's that, about the same for me. It's somewhere in yeah. the 9-10-ish area. Yeah, 9-10-ish. Yeah. Uh, what's your... Wait, are we on... Is it my turn? Yeah. 9? Yeah. yeah, okay. Number 9 for me, The Island. Uh, what about you, Mike? Pain and Gain. God <laughs> but I like it. God. I like it. Okay, yeah, you like it. Okay, not as much as me, obviously. Uh, yeah, you're number nine, Diego. Number nine, Transformers: The Last Night. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. What the fuck's going on? It's it, it's too technically impressive and aggressive for me not to enjoy. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> number eight, Transformers: The Original. Mike, what about you? Armageddon. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Diego? Transformers Dark of the Moon is my number eight. Okay, all right. You haven't said Transformers 1 yet, right? Nope. Interesting, Mm -hmm. interesting, okay. My number seven is Armageddon. Uh, (laughs) What's your number seven, seven, Mike? Uh, Transformers. Okay, go close. Uh, Mike's and I's list are kind of close, except you put pain and gain so down low. Diego, your number seven. Transformers is my number seven. The OG. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, cool. So I, I right. kind of bundled them all up in uh, different spaces. So, <laughs> whoops, sorry guys. Uh, my number six, Bad Boys. I still love it though, but it's number six for me. Uh, Mike, your number six, The Island. I see. I have to. I have to. I have to let the island grow on me. I have. I've only seen it once. Haven't seen it beyond that. So it might go up. But yeah. Uh, Diego, you're number six. My number six is Armageddon. Okay. Okay. Uh, now we're the top five. Top five. What's my number five? Hey, we were top. We we we've just been talking about it for an hour. It's Six Underground. Yay! That's number five for me. Uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Okay. I don't. Uh, I do, I don't get it. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you're on number five, Diego. The island is my number five. Okay. Again, I have to rewatch it. I rewatch it. I, I think that one's really going to grow on you. Yeah. I, I I think it will. I think it will. Let's hope so. Let's let's come back in a year and see how <laughs> I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Now, number four. My number four? The Rock. Hmm? Mm, it's a little uh, low for me. Uh, I mean, you're going to be. I, I think you guys are going to be surprised, or not really, <laughs> of what my other three are, but let's move on. I can't imagine um, what your other three would be. <laughs> nobody, nobody would know. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's your number four? Bad Boys 2. Okay. It's up there. It's up there. It's good, at least. Uh, Diego, you're number four. Number four is Six Underground. Ooh, okay. This awesome. is a straight up love section for me, like unabashed love. Okay, awesome. Okay, yes. My, me too. Basically, my top four and f- and five are like love. Yeah, I'd say this. Well, these next three though for me are nothing but love, actually, because my number three guys, thirteen hours. I, I, I was the sole defender of that movie in our past, in, in our episode, and I will. I'm sticking up to it. I'm sticking Hold up for on. it. Hold I mean, on, 
13 hours is my number three. the sole defender. I mean, as much as I am, I mean, the biggest defender, I should say. Yeah. The biggest defender of this group, of this little band of of Bayhem bros, guys, I'm the one who loves this movie the most. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think you're remembering the episode very differently, but that's okay. Uh, Where where is it on your list, Diego? I mean, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Okay. Is it your turn, Mike? Number three? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, because you just did your number three, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. My number three is Six Underground. Oh, okay. And can I just say something here, just related to yes. whatever? Um, because I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like people might think that I'm like a, a monster for <laughs> my, my my views of uh, whatever. Well, I was going back and forth between Bad Boys 2 and Six Underground, and I put Six Underground ahead of Bad Boys 2 because I thought that it was less morally offensive does that make sense do you yes. guys agree okay. with that yeah i get i get I, that yeah, yeah no i i i would agree with that statement though okay. uh six underground what you're saying six underground is less, less morally, morally. Offensive. yes okay i would agree okay just curious okay, okay. All, right. all right um whose turn is it uh diego right Your yes number three. my my number three is one three hours so we're in the same spot, Marcelo. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, I may have gone too hard, but I do remember that episode being very traumatic. Okay, <laughs> I, I came in hot, and you guys weren't as hot as I was. Okay, and also this next one for me. This okay, maybe I'm misremembering. Actually, this is the one I think I went the most for, and you guys went the least for <laughs> in comparison. In comparison, because my number two. Is pain and game. I thought that was going to be your number one for sure. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, what's your number two, Mike? Bad Boys. Okay, yeah. And I just rewatched that uh, right before seeing uh, Six Underground. I still love that movie. Uh, where are we, Diego? Your number two? Yes, my number two is The Rock. The Rock, yes. Yeah. Classic. All right, we're at the number one spot. Here we go. What's it going to be? <laughs> What's it going to be? Of course, uh, it's always going to be this. It's always going to be Bad Boys 2 for me. That's my number one Michael Bay movie. There you go. Mike, what about you? The Rock. The Rock. Yes, I saw that coming. And Diego, you're number one. It's got to be Bad Boys 2. Bad I, Boys I think, 2! <laughs> yeah. That's that's the Michael Bay movie. Like It is. There, there might be like something... Better, like The Rock's probably a better movie, and it's a, it's a great one that you could recommend to pretty much everyone. But Bad Boys Two is like like Six Underground for the purists, for the for the for the Bay fans, you know. All right, well, just for for the sake of whatever, should we each read our lists from beginning to end so that people can get an idea of the you know? Sure, sure, sure. Of, uh, of our of our insanity, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Okay, so for me, 14, Transformers Dark... Wait, no, Transformers The Last Night. Then, uh, that was 14. 13, Age of Extinction. 12, Revenge of the Fallen. 11, Pearl Harbor. 10, Dark of the Moon. 9, The Island. 8, Transformers. 7, Armageddon. 6, Bad Boys. 5, 6, Underground. 4, The Rock. 3, 13 Hours. 2, Pain and Gain. 1, Bad Boys 2. Number one in my heart. Uh, Mike, your turn. 14, Last Night. 13, Age of Extinction. 12, Pearl Harbor. 11, Revenge of the Fallen. 
10, 13 hours, 9, pain and gain, 8, Armageddon, 7, Transformers, 6, The Island, 5, Dark of the Moon, 4, Bad Boys 2, 3, 6 Underground, 2, Bad Boys, and number 1 is The Rock. And now, Diego. Number 14 is Pearl Harbor. 13 is Transformers, Age of Extinction. Number 12 is Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Number 11 is Pain and Gain. Number 10 is Bad Boys. Number 9 is The Last Night. Number 8 is Dark of the Moon. Number 7 is the original Transformers. Number 6 is Armageddon. Number 5 is The Island. Number 4 is Six Undergrounds. Number 3 is 13 Hours. Number 2 is The Rock. And number 1 is Bad Boys 2. Wow, that's it, guys. We ranked them. We talked about them. What else can we say? Except thanks for listening, folks. This was fun. I mean, I had a blast, guys. We've been doing this for months. It's been fun each recording. I I got to love and appreciate a favorite director of mine. I appreciate it more now. So it was great doing this with you, Diego, and with you, Mike. Ah, So much fun. Yeah, I, I actually seriously, just really quick, I, I did look forward to each of these recordings. Uh, a lot's happened the last year since we started this, and th- this was always a delight to return to. And uh, whenever the next Michael Bay thing happens, I'd love to, to get together again. We'll get the gang back together because this was seriously just so much fun. And yeah, just it, it was it was a blast. Yeah, we can still do bonus episodes on occasion. We can do a Transformers the Movie Bumblebee episode. We can do a Bad Boys for Life episode. You know, I mean, just because, you know, uh, just like little, uh, you know, whatever. Absolutely. I am totally down. Super Bowl weekend, we can do like, you know, commercials. I don't know. Whatever. You know, Michael Bay commercials. That's right. We, we, I think we mentioned it in the episodes. We we have to come back and do at least those. Yeah, um, yeah and of course we'll be back whenever he makes a movie, whether it's on Netflix, whether it's uh, a real movie. Who knows? I I mean I I, I don't know. Hey, hey, I'm just kidding. Hey, hey. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. There. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Mm. Um. Uh. I I don't know actually if he's working on anything right now, but I'm I'm sure. He'll get something up and running soon. So yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm he excited. sleeps. So <laughs> no, that's <laughs> why uh, so shooting uh, Victoria's Secret models right now as we speak. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, this was fun. We'll be back for sure. But this run has been great. So thank you. I mean, uh, I mean, thank you, Diego, for stepping in. Uh, I want to shout out to Matt Curion who originally uh, had had this idea, and Diego stepped in. And also, I want to thank Mike for editing these episodes. Mike, you're amazing. Um, Don't thank me yet. I still got four to go. <laughs> As of this recording. But so far, you're doing amazing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, great job. Yeah, amazing. Um, so before we go, plugs, as always, where can people listening find you online? Mike, you go first. Uh, you can find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, where I do a show called Film Damage, where we take a look at uh, film projection and other related things. You can also find me on the nerdparty.com doing a show called Retro Perspective, where we're finishing up our look at 1994 uh, and all of the movies that came out that year. And you can find me on Trek.fm doing a show called Tracks on the Line and also Tracks from the Edge where we provide audio commentaries for all the new episodes of Star Trek. And you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. There you go. Uh, Diego, what about you? 
You can follow me on Twitter at the Diego Crespo and the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify, iTunes, uh, or I have I, I started and ended a bunch of retrospectives during this <laughs> this entire like <laughs> tenure of Bayhem, which I'm very proud of, just as much as Bayhem. And uh, uh, I'm for the next year, I will also be doing a Steven Spielberg and Adam Sandler retrospective series that will culminate with the film. Uncut Gems for Adam Sandler and uh, West Side Story for Steven Spielberg next December. So keep up with that next year. It, it's oh my god, it's so much, but it's also just a ton of fun. Awesome. As for me, talkfilmsociety.com, obviously, and also Patreon. Go to the Patreon. If you're listening to this on the free feed, you could have had this months earlier. Um, if you're listening to it on Patreon, thank you. Uh, Patreon.com slash Talk Film Society. Bonus episodes, series, you'll, you'll get months in advance, like the Lord, like the Lord of the Rings show, uh, Marking the Marks, uh, commentaries, all that good stuff. So um, that's it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, when I rewatch Bad Boys, when, when, when Martin Lawrence says this line in the movie, I almost wanted to say it with him. Because I've been saying it for like the past like six months. <laughs> and now we're going to say it together for this, uh, the season finale of the show. Here we go, guys. It's our closing phrase. Three, two, one. You, you forgot, forgot your, your boarding, boarding pass. pass.